buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I've got a special guest and friend, Chris Himmel. And uh, I know that he's nothing less than a sales badass because he actually closed me. So, Ooh, uh, I'm sh- <laughs> so maybe he'll tell you about that. Maybe he won't. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, we're going to have fun. We're going to dig in and talk about sales and leave you with something you can take away to either up your sales game or maybe it's just the kick in the ass to, that you need to do what you know you should be doing. Chris, welcome to Sales Hustle. Thanks, probably. Excited to be on, man. So tell us a little bit about your sales journey. It started when I was like eight, you know, like my brothers and I had to sell my brothers not to beat my ass. I had to, you know, like sell anything (laughs) I could. Um, You had my brother Brad on and our dad was a sales trainer for 30 years. So we talked about sales around the, you know, around the dinner table. So I've been doing it since then. Graduated from college with a criminology degree, which I actually just found out. Don't tell anybody. This is about to go out there. I didn't actually graduate. I'm one, one or two classes short. So took the classes online and got it started on the business and quickly realized I wanted to make more money than I wanted to finish those classes. Um, mm. And ironically, the first business I ever started was sales training. Mm. <laughs> I was a 23-year-old kid trying to sell 40-year-old men who'd been in business 20 years on me training them in sales. <laughs> and how'd that, how'd that work out? It did not go well, Colin. I'm not going to lie to you. It was not <laughs> ideal. So I quickly pivoted and figured, oh, people like, think young people know about the internet. So I started an internet marketing company. Mm, okay. And so tell me a little bit about the conversations at the, the dinner table. I, I'd love to know what sort of things did you learn early on as a kid of just you know, connecting with people and building relationships, which is the foundation of sales. Yeah. I think our dad was very much, everybody's important. Everybody is an incredible human being. He was very much positive about any, you know, waitress we would come over and we'd be trying to make her day. Um, and we'd be guessing her personality type. So that was a, another part of the dinner table talk is like, what personality type? Do you She's definitely a driver dad. And we would kind of battle between the brothers and see who was right. And then my dad would be the ultimate decision maker on who, what, what personality type she was. So that was kind of like the dinner table sales talk. Mm, okay. So, all right. So in, it started with selling your brothers on not beating you up, which that's a hard mm-hmm. sell. Hard sell. <laughs> right. It didn't go well. 
Yeah. yeah. What, what's your rebuttal? What's, what's your rebuttal for those objections? <laughs> you didn't really get one. You'd find an inanimate object and hope they'd be afraid to not come near you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, the thing is, is I like to say, you know, everybody is selling something, right? I got to sell my kids on eating their vegetables, which I don't, yeah. I, I lose more times than I win. And, yeah. you know, and I'd like to, I'd like to think that I win more, but that's, that's a, that's a harder sell than just, you know, regular business relationships. Oh, that's tough, man. You got to get rapport with a five-year-old who doesn't want what you're selling. I mean, and has no logic. <laughs> <laughs> it's all emotions. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. So it's clear sales was in your blood. Um, and so tell me about when you transitioned to, you know, selling, you know, digital marketing services, what are some things that you learned through that, um, and that have contributed to your success? I think the most, and I thought about this before I jumped on is my dad would do sales training and he would always play this. I'm a big Tony Robbins guy. And there's just one quote from Tony Robbins that is literally burned into my brain. Cause I've seen the video at least 200 times. I'm not even joking you. And the, the saying goes, when two people meet, if there is rapport, the person who is most certain will always influence the other person. And there's so much in that. But the number mm -hmm. one thing, if there is rapport, somebody did, like we grew you had to have rapport or there was no point in talking. And then mm -hmm. you had to have certainty in your product or whatever you were selling. If you're not certain that those veggies are great and you're not 100% and your, your kid sees this tiny inkling of, well, dad doesn't really like those veggies either. You're not going to get there, even if you have rapport with your with your your child. So I think that was that quote alone is everything in sales. I think if you can master that, if you can master building rapport and getting absolutely certain in your product, you can sell pretty much anything. All the other tactics and everything fall behind that, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So um, I'm I I totally speak your language as far as like how important building rapport is. Um, and you know, sometimes it's literally just being yourself. Like people want to like stick to the script or tell people what they want to hear. And honestly, sometimes that I've, what I've found is sometimes you can build rapport by telling people what they don't want to hear. Yeah. Like actually challenging the prospect. Like they think they know what they know. And, and, and if you can challenge that in a tactful way, you can you can build a tremendous amount of rapport and respect in that relationship by not just being a yes man. Yeah, and I just say yes as you say that. But I think all you're doing in that instance, and this is something our dad taught us too, is breaking a pattern. Because if you get on and you do the script and you do exactly what they think you're going to do and they think you're going to murder their family and take all their money because you're selling them something and you just go by a script – you're, you're just going along with their pattern of you selling something. If you break that pattern immediately, I love humor to break patterns and build rapport. I think humor yeah. is so good in sales. It's like, the I easiest thing, it's today, the easiest yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you're you going to give us an example. Funny. Just like, well, you like, just have no, to think you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> you're the only one that matters. Like if you think you're funny, they'll laugh at you thinking you're funny. So like, who yeah. cares? But like I had a guy today sending me funny gifts and he, you know, owns a multi, you know, hecta million, million dollar company. And I'm sending him a funny gif of like the minions saying gracias, like that kind of stuff breaks a pattern of, oh, this isn't just like a normal sales call. Like this guy isn't just trying to get money from me. He's actually a human being who's having fun. 
and right when you get on the call, if you can break a pattern and have some fun, I think you're one step closer to building rapport. Yeah. Yeah. I love using humor. Like as soon as, you know, whenever I engage somebody, whether it's the beginning of a relationship or at any point, I'm always looking for that opportunity of something, whether they say something, whether it's something in their background, maybe it's, you know, you, you gotta, as a sales professional, you always gotta be looking for that something that's going to help you build rapport or have that pattern interrupt. You know, um, yeah. one of my favorites is, you know, we do cold calls and, 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 and this is not original. I stole this from somewhere. Um, but you actually start out the cold call and I love, and I think you know this about me, but I love cold calling. Most people hate I know. it. You're weird. I'm, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd be I way do, richer if I enjoyed cold call. <laughs> uh, I do five, I do at least five hours a week, five hours a week of cold calling. Um, uh, and I don't even work most of the leads that I generate. I just send them to the team and it's like, that's the part yeah. of the process that I enjoy the most. Yeah. Um, is just turning something from turning nothing to something, right? Yeah. Like somebody who we just didn't even know who the heck we were to like having some genuine interest expressing that they have a problem that we can solve. Um, and so anyway, uh, the example of this pattern interrupt is, is in a cold call rather than doing the more traditional, Hey Chris, this is Colin with XYZ company. How are you doing? Horrible. Good. You're trying to sell me something? Click, yeah. right? That's what they're used to. Um, so an easy way to inter a pattern interrupt in that outbound is like, hey, Chris, this is a cold call. And honestly, I hate making cold calls probably more than you hate receiving them. And feel free to hang up. But if not, do you have 15 seconds so I can tell you why I called? Yeah. They're it. like, oh, I'm not going to actually hang up. I'll hear them out. You know, yeah. sure. You know, um, or just acknowledging like, hey, I know you weren't expecting my call or we've never spoke before, but and then asking for permission to pitch, right? So those are those are pattern interrupts. And another pattern interrupt that I that I love, and I think that you'll agree with this too, maybe, I, I hope, I don't know, we'll see, <laughs> is using video. Yeah. Using video. Um, I like to tell my team, like, hey, if, if, the, if the email is more than two, three sentences, just write it out, that's your script, record a video, delete it, and send it as a video. Love it. Yeah. It's a Regardless, great way to differentiate, yeah. Regardless, regardless uh, of what stage you're at, you know whether it's top of funnel, mid funnel, or you know right to close, just leverage video because so many people are not doing it and it's different. Yeah, even in a text, just sending a quick video of like what you're trying to pitch or where you're at in the sales cycle. It's just like we're a HubSpot partner with my agency and they use Vidyard and it's huge. I mean, it's a big differentiator in like the video watch rate compared to a full read rate of your email is so significant. Why not just take two minutes to just record yourself? Yeah, and I'm still honestly amazed at how many people don't use video. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been using video for so long and talking to people that use video that I'm honestly, I'm honestly shocked that using video is still a pattern interrupt. Yeah, you would think people would catch on. I think salespeople are just lazy. I think it's easier than it's ever been so I can just shoot an email and I can tell my boss or I can tell myself, hey, I just sent an email. Like I was productive today versus and I like logged it in the, the CRM. Yeah, you logged <laughs> in the CRM. But back in the day, it was like, did you close the sale? That was your barometer. It wasn't how many calls you made. You know, mm. and I think that's so that's a whole nother rabbit hole. We could go down <laughs> of like just bashing leaders for being so activity track based. But we'll save that for another episode. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, because outcomes are what matter, right? Like how you mm-hmm. get there. Um, I interviewed, um, uh, I interviewed Nigel Green, which is, is he's a great sales leader coach, and and you know he says you work for you until you don't, and then you work for me. <laughs> which is basically, which is basically like, hey, you can do it your way, and as long as you're producing results, that's fine. I won't, you know, I won't get on your your back of how you get there. But as soon yeah. as you don't, then you work for me, and you're yeah. gonna do things my way. Yeah, love it. I think that's one thing that salespeople get pigeonholed into scripts or this or that. And it's like every salesperson has their own strengths and weaknesses, and they need to go after those versus trying to be in this cookie cutter way of of outreach or closing the sale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and I think, you know, you mentioned maybe salespeople are lazy. I, I don't, if we give them the benefit of the doubt and let's say they're not lazy, which may or may not be true. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are just scared of like doing something that's unfamiliar or like, how am I going to sound or how am I going to look on camera or like, you know, I, I don't want to start a podcast. What if nobody listens? Um, like, Whatever you're thinking, it's true. Just get over it and then start doing it and you'll get better. It's really that simple. Yeah. No, I think the two deepest fears of every human being everyone shares is you're not good enough, you won't be loved. So that's why sales is the highest paying profession, but also the least success. Like you have the least success in sales because there's so much vulnerability in it. And there's so Mm -hmm. many metrics to say you suck or you're really good. So once Mm -hmm. you start to have some success, then it's easy. Cause then you're like, you get that high. You're like, all right, I'm good enough. I am going to be loved because I'm so good at this. But in the beginning, I mean, it's hard because you're going to get rejection after rejection after rejection. You're going to feel that I'm not good enough. And then you're going to have to like power through it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but as a sales professional, that's that, I mean, that's so true. Um, but you got to realize that even the best people in sales, top producers at the biggest companies, they still get more no's than yeses. Yeah. So if you stay out of like, if you stay out of the result, right? And just, and just do, do what's right. Like serving your customers, your prospects, and really like, you know, building relationships and adding value, being curious, asking the right questions. If you focus on that rather than like, I got to get them to the next yes, um, then you can actually enjoy the process a little bit more. Yeah, and I think I might disagree a little bit. The best don't hear no more than they do yes. Because the best in the world don't spend time with a ton of people that are going to say no. They're spending time with the most qualified prospects humanly possible. And if they're qualified, they're going to close 85, 90% of them if they're good and if they're product. Agreed. Agreed yeah. with that. However, beginning of the relationship there's still going to be people that are either no for a good reason or they're going to disqualify them on their own, which I would consider still to be a no, right? So, so the good people, the good people, right? They're still, they're not going to be the best fit for everybody. And once they get them into the funnel, right, they're going to close way more higher percentage of those than most people agree on that. But that takes extreme discipline because it takes disqualifying people on your own. Like, Hey, they're not a right fit for me. Because I'm worth it. I am good enough. My time is value. And I'm not going to spend my time on those that don't value me or what I do. Well, in my, like to me, it's 2021. It's the first time saying that. But if you're good at marketing, the two things, Guy Kiyosaki said this. He said, if you're good at sales and marketing, then you'll be massively successful. I was fortunate enough. I run a digital marketing company. And I 
learn sales. So I don't really ever talk to anyone unless they are qualified. Like, mm. cause our marketing system is good enough to where I don't need to do that. So if you're a badass salesperson, get better at marketing. And then mm. the only good people, only qualified people are going to come to you. And then, yeah, you, you know what I, does that make sense? It does make sense because it, and, 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 and this is, this is true because I consider myself pretty good at sales, but I suck at marketing. <laughs> As your I new marketing agency, I'm, you know, I, w- I don't want to say I agree, but like, we're definitely about to the <laughs> next level this thing. So, so yeah, if your marketing is good, then you're going to get more qualified. Right. But like, like, just like, let's assume that you're crazy like me and you, and you enjoy outbound yeah, <laughs> and don't all just rely on a ton of inbound or maybe your inbound isn't as good as it should be or whatever the case is. Um, you know, you still got to qualify people. And sometimes, you know, it means, you know, disqualifying them. Like I'm yeah. not the right fit for you. You should go here or you clearly don't have a problem that is impactful enough for me to solve for us to go on this journey together and sorry, but you know, there's other people out there that really do need my help and I'm going to spend my time and energy on those. Yeah. So it sounds like I'd love to read. So I'd like Jordan Belford and uh, Grant Cardone were on a podcast and they literally almost killed each other. It was hilarious. Like if you want to watch it, <laughs> it was like, cause Grant Cardone said, you're going to get a ton of no's. Every single prospect is a potential and they're all qualified. And Jordan Belford saying, no, like if they don't have money I, and they, they can't buy my product, they're not qualified. And Grant Cardone just said, you suck at sales and that. So it's just, just back and forth. So I think there's, there's obviously always going to be two schools of thought. There's going to be a dichotomy, but I think it really comes down to, you know, what's your time best spent at sales. Mm-hmm. The best salespeople in the world are really, really, really good at time management. And they only do things that are going to produce revenue because that's what they're held accountable to. And I think it's focusing on those, finding a way if you can to get your marketing system to where you're not having to do any qualifying. And then if not, yeah, I think even vetting your list to get more qualified people potentially on the other line or doing something, there's so much technology now that like, I don't, I, I, there shouldn't be many people in the world if they're, if they can master the marketing, the digital side that they have to necessarily get rejected as much, which is what has kind of led to laziness because not people Mm. aren't used to getting as rejected as a, as you know, 20 years ago. I remember, I'd make 30 calls and you'd get to five decision makers and you'd get three meetings set. And I had a pretty solid thing. So I get four or five set out of five. Um, my cold call spiel was pretty good, but still I didn't like the 25. Give, it, didn't deal give, with. It, give us an example. What was your pitch? Oh, I was, dude, I only did it for a couple of years. And then once I started making enough to where I didn't have to, I didn't do it, but it was just simple. It was like, Hey, I, you know, I just published my first book. I'm trying to meet successful business people in the area and I'd love to bring you by a copy. It's so simple. Who, who wouldn't say no to that? I mean, it was pretty rare that people would say no. I still like, I have this one prospect that he's an amazing dude. I, he was my but that's like, a, third or fourth meeting and that, I still that, am trying to close him. You're still trying to close him? <laughs> yeah. He's not qualified, uh, but I love him. So I keep talking to him. um so here's what's interesting that's a huge pattern interrupt nobody's doing that nobody's doing that still i thought for sure you're you're leading yeah you're leading with value right you're offering them something that's that's value and you're not even you're not even asking for anything at least not initially yeah 
when you give them a compliment, trying to meet successful business people in the area. So you immediately are building a little bit of rapport, you know, by just saying, you know, you're a successful business person because I'm talking to you. And then the, a lot of people will joke with you, you know, like, yeah. oh, I ain't even read a book before. <laughs> <laughs> then there's you know. your opportunity for building rapport. Then you build rapport. So Right. Yeah. Right, right. I think you've got to get um, smarter with your, like, if for any salesperson out there, just get really creative like you do with your cold calls. Like, don't just cold call because that's what everybody's doing and it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Use video. Say things that people aren't saying. Use humor. I love using humor. But you also, you know, you also got to be looking for those opportunities too mm -hmm. um, to build rapport and use those and take notes and, um, you know, drive the conversation in, in, in a way where, where they're feeling good about it. Um, you know, building, you know, them trusting you and, and building rapport is important. Um, but you also, you know, the second thing that you said, which is equally as important, right. Is, is, I don't remember how you phrased it, but it's like knowing your, your product, right. Knowing your product mm -hmm. extremely well. Um, and so building rapport and then knowing your product so that you can articulate that value of how, cause people, people don't just buy from people they know, like, and trust. There's a lot yeah. of people out there that say, oh, they buy from people they know, like, and trust. That's part of it. But people buy from people they, they trust that solve real problems for them. And, and you got to know how to articulate what it is that you do and what you're going to, you know, how are you going to like make their life easier? How are you going to make them more money? How are you going to do the things that they care about? Yeah. And I think I was on the train of, oh, I, I'm really good at rapport and sales. I don't need to know my product. And then I read Jordan Belfort's book and it was the way of the wolf. And he, he got, they tested it one time and they brought in an actor who literally wasn't allowed to say yes. And Jordan Belfort, they, they, it was supposed to be a product he didn't know anything about. So he spent four hours studying the product and within 10 minutes, an actor who was paid to tell him no said yes, but it was because he knew the product. And so that's when my mind shifted of, you really need to know your product and have great stories behind your product. Cause to me, stories are the incredible piece of the puzzle in sales. If you can tell a really great story and put your prospect into that person's shoes, you don't even have to have, cause I'm not good at building pain. Like I don't like it. Uh, my brother and my dad would make people cry in a sales meeting and I'm not as good at that. Like I just like to, you know, shoot the shit and have fun. So I use stories to build pain. It was kind of my like cheat mechanism. I tell the story of another person so they don't have to feel it, but they at least know what the pain could be if they weren't to like make a decision in that moment. Yeah, I, I like that. Storytelling is huge. I mean, because you got to use it in your scripts. You got to use it in your outreach. You got to use it in your messages. You got to use it in your discovery. You got to use it in your demo, whatever it is that you do. If you can inject storytelling into there where you can bring them into either, you know, if they can get behind the story of like why you do what you do, or if you can bring them into a story of another prospect similar to them, those are all things that will, you know, increase your close rates significantly. Yeah. And the story just makes sure it's relevant to what they're going through, their own pain points. Cause it's, nobody cares to crap about anybody but themselves. I mean, that's just, that's, that's the hard truth, you know? So when I tell a story, I think of where they are in a story that's similar with a current client or prospect or situation I've handled. Um, and then I put them in that person's shoes. Mm hmm. Okay. And so how do you, and, and, and this is, this is a skill that takes time to get good at. Like you got to like really, you know, be processing what they're saying, 
really taking it in. Like, you know, the, I think that where a lot of salespeople can fall short with this is they're so caught up in what their script is or what their pitch is or what they want to say next that they're not really processing or taking in everything that their prospect is saying. Yeah. It's hard to become a good listener and make real time decisions on what you're going to say. It's a really tough skill to learn because you need to listen. If you're not listening to what your prospect's saying, then you're screwed because you're not going to p- p- pitch the right thing or say the right thing. So I think you've got to learn to listen really, really well and then be able to take everything they're saying and bring it back to your own knowledge and tie it all together, which it does mm-hmm. take time. Like I was terrible at sales. I'll never forget. I was cold calling, got my first meeting. So stoked about it. I was champion bicycle here in Jacksonville, Florida. I'll never forget it. Nicest guy on the phone. I drove around his business 16 to 30 times and didn't go because I was literally <laughs> crapping my pants. And it just, like, I think it's just one of those progressions. Like we have salespeople here and I'm like, you're not going to be amazing tomorrow. Like just yeah. get that out of your head. I think social media has made everyone think I should be the perfect salesperson today. And it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like I was terrible at sales. You can ask oh, yeah. anybody. And, and, and most of that comes through experience, right? Like you circling around, almost shitting your pants, which is <laughs> funny to think about. <laughs> oh, um, I had my you crappy had to get- <laughs> Ford Explorer, Door the Explorer, and I was just driving around, hoping I didn't run out of gas because I had no money because I'd started the company and I had no money. So, <laughs> so you had to go through that experience to never want to do that again, to never yep. want to be <laughs> in Dora driving around, worried to go run out of gas with no money and not going. Yeah. I mean, that was the disappointment of not going crushed me that day. Yeah. Like it crushed but me. that's probably what you needed in that moment to make sure that the next meeting you got, you were prepared. Yeah. Yeah, right? you, you, you make 25 calls to get that one meeting and then you don't go because you're nervous. Like it didn't make any sense afterwards, you know? So it's experience yeah. is huge. I think a lot of people are born innately with it. And I think it's kind of a myth that I think my brother, I listen to his podcast. Anybody can be taught sales. There's systems, there's processes, there's ways to do it. I've seen some of the worst personality types that should not have been in sales dominate because they followed systems groups and everything like that. But I think the biggest thing is just getting out there and just learning from your mistakes, learning from your mistakes, not having a fear of rejection, knowing the world isn't going to end if you don't close that sale on your first call ever as a salesperson. But I think, yeah. you know, sometimes society makes it so that if you're not successful immediately, you feel terrible. Like the overnight success that took 25 years, like that's most of the people you're seeing out there. People are rewarded in public what they practice religiously in private. And I think just giving mm. yourself a break on that. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good nugget sales hustlers to just soak that in. Um, and you know, I think naturally a lot of salespeople are stubborn. So sometimes they gotta, you know, you can, we can, you can tell them a hundred times, here's the process, here's the process. Right. But until, you know, they're driving around in Dora, not showing up to the meeting, you know, they're never going to understand what it means to show up prepared. Right. Um, and and sometimes you got to fall on your face to realize like, okay, that's, I'm not going to do that again. That sucked. I don't like the way that felt. I mean, like I have a, 
a story of my own where it's, you know, um, I had a deal that it was a large deal. It was a you know, big six figure deal, worked on it for months and, you know, made just like a really super stupid rookie move where I didn't have all of the stakeholders involved in the conversations. And when I thought the deal was going to close, I lost it. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and that was a valuable lesson, more valuable, more valuable than, than winning the deal yeah. because I never made that mistake again. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, you know, and I think there's all the tactics and tricks and everything. You've got to have all the stakeholders there. And that just like reminded me of all the things I've learned at the same time. If you build rapport and you're absolutely certain you can help that person and that they would be an absolute idiot if they didn't go with you, you'll probably close mm-hmm. more than you won't. And then you'll start to learn all these, these like tricks and tactics of like, make sure that all the stakeholders are there. You know, make sure you have an agreement ready to go. Make sure it's an easy close. You know, like there's little tiny nuggets that you'll get. But to me, have rapport and be absolutely certain in what you're doing. I have trained so many salespeople who are like, well, the product's just not as good as our competitors. I'm like, well, you're screwed. Like, I don't even want to train you until we can like literally change that entire belief system. Because if a prospect even remotely feels that, then they're not going to close. So I think certainty rapport and then all the little nuggets after that are going to be like setting an agenda that's ironclad always booking a meeting in that meeting you know what i mean like those kind of things will come with it yeah 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 absolutely um and so before we wrap it up here tell folks about what you're doing about what you have for them tell them about your podcast any other nuggets final thoughts that you have for them yeah um so i run a digital agency and one's lifestyle marketing, I run two now, and one's Healing Hand Co. We do you know, paper lead for health and wellness, and then the other's a uh, retainer agency for people who need help with inbound marketing. Um, and my podcast is actually really personal. 2020 was a very unhealthy year for me, and I'm on this journey to fix my own health, but also my dad has been diagnosed with Parkinson's, so I'm bringing on guests to what can we do to avoid it, what can we do to fix it kind of thing. So Healing Hand, uh, Health and Wellness Podcast, great place to find me. Uh, find me on LinkedIn and message me and mention the Salescast podcast and I'll shoot you a free hard copy of my book. Business is simple, but it ain't easy. Uh, I took, I've read in that book. I took 120 books that I've read and summarized them into one page. So it's a good nugget. There's a whole sales chapter on the best uh, sales book summarized into one page. Um, so yeah, if you just reach out to LinkedIn, Chris Himmel, H I M E L and I'll mention the podcast, I'll shoot you a free copy of the, a hard copy of the book, not an ebook. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll drop all those links in the show notes and then sales hustlers. If you want to pattern interrupt, you can call people up and tell them you're dropping off copies of the book to successful people in the area. Or if you got a zoom, just buy a freaking Ben Stiller poster. If you're listening on Spotify, I literally bought this on Etsy for a hundred bucks and it's Ben Stiller from dodgeball holding the bull by the horns. And I swear to you, it immediately builds rapport with any prospect. Even if they don't never seen the movie, they're just like, what in the hell is going on here? And it's beautiful. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, write us a review, share with your friends, and we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. 
I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.